Hello and welcome to the Visit Virginia's Blue Ridge podcast. I'm your host, John Carlin, and this is the podcast where I tell you all about the great things happening in Virginia's Blue Ridge here in the western half of the state of Virginia, places like the city of Roanoke, kind of like the capital of the western half of the state of Virginia, certainly the biggest city in the western part of the state, surrounding Roanoke County, the city of Salem, Bonnetot, Franklin counties to the north and to the south, respectively. And we as a region are known as America's East Coast mountain biking capital and all the information uh, will be in the show notes about uh, mountain biking at visitvbr.com. And Virginia's Blue Ridge, in case you're you're not aware, if you're kind of scratching around looking for a new place to go, Virginia's Blue Ridge is nestled right here in the Blue Ridge Mountains. And if you want to come and play in the mountains here, we offer what we call a Metro Mountain Adventure. And you'll find that uh, in, in our area. The Blue Ridge Parkway passes right through our region. We'll be talking a lot more about that today. And that Metro Mountain Mix, Metro Mountain Adventures, it's just kind of cool because we've got a city here that's big enough to have all the cultural attractions that you might want, including restaurants, and museums, and and all that sort of thing, brew pubs, wineries, and distilleries. Um, but also, uh, you know, we've got this wonderful outdoor playground in the mountains that surrounds us here. So, you know, I should throw in shopping and, and softball and volleyball and all the other sports, and I'll talk more about that later on. But as I, as I said just a moment ago, the Blue Ridge Parkway passes right through our region, and today we'll be talking about the parkway. In fact, I'm sitting in my office right now recording this podcast. I'm only three-tenths of a mile from the parkway. If it wasn't for the trees, I'd be, I'd be able to see it right from where I'm sitting. But I ride on it, and I drive on it several times a week. Week. I've run uh, all kinds of uh, training runs alongside the parkway, and right now it is—it's the spring of 2021. The flowering trees are in full bloom right now. It's absolutely gorgeous. The red buds, uh, the Bradford pears, uh, the dogwoods will be coming along right behind those. So it's it's just absolutely gorgeous. It's my favorite time of year on the parkway. I like it even better than the fall, and that's saying something. And, and I will just tell you uh, that all of my vehicles, including my RV, have Blue Ridge Parkway license plates on them. So yes, uh, I'm all about the parkway and, and just really I think it's a, it's a great commodity that we have here in our region. Now, if you're not familiar with the Parkway, I'll tell you just a little bit of background before we're joined by our guest today, Lisa Brandon, who's the spokesperson for the National Park Service because the Parkway is a national park. But basically, the Parkway stretches 469 miles from the Great Smoky Mountain National Park all the way up to the Shenandoah National Park uh, at its northern terminus, and it runs along the tops of mountain ridges all the way. It was built back in the 1930s, and uh, it really is a marvel of construction and engineering. And today, you can drive along on it. The speed limit's 45 miles an hour, and so you drive slowly and you take advantage of the numerous, and I mean numerous, overlooks. It seems like you can see forever from from the tops of some of these mountains, and and it's right on either side of you sometimes as you're as you're driving along the highway. You left and right. There's camping. There's a very famous restored mill at Mabry Mill, and and Lisa's going to be talking about that a little bit. Again, it's just gorgeous. 
And it runs right through the heart of Virginia's Blue Ridge. It's one of the main reasons that, that people come through here, millions and millions of people every year. So um, I will be talking with Lisa a little bit about not only just what's available along the parkway, but a couple of considerations this year, because there will be a major bridge closure here in the region that will keep a portion of the parkway closed for for months at a minimum, starting in April of 2021. And Lisa's got some more information on that. There's also a section that's been closed because of a road collapse due to flooding, and that's been closed for about a year between Roanoke South and the top of Bent Mountain headed towards Floyd County from from the Roanoke region. And so that section of the parkway has been closed for a year and it looks like it's it'll probably be closed for another year and there's no way to access it, but there are ways to get around it. So if you're if you're trying to drive through on the parkway, you'll have to take a detour. Um, but all of that is is very doable. You just won't be able to see that particular section of the parkway. And but uh, Lisa's got an update on that as well. So still so much to do and see and Lisa's going to talk about all of that coming up on the Visit VBR podcast. Welcome back to the Visit VBR podcast. And joining me now is Lisa Brandon, an external affairs specialist. That's a fancy word for spokesperson for the Blue Ridge Parkway. Lisa, thanks for joining us. Thank you, John, for, for having us and an opportunity to tell the the park story a little bit. We are so fortunate here in Virginia's Blue Ridge to have the Blue Ridge Parkway coming straight through the middle of our region. It's uh, one of the top attractions that we have. It's one of the top ways that people know about our uh, beautiful little Metro Mountain mix here in the uh, Southwest Virginia. And, uh, and we just we just love, love, love the parkway so um but of course now and now i'm just telling you the red buds are starting to bloom as we record in late march of 2021 and the parkway is really beginning to come into its splendor um when will when will it sort of be fully operational for the season sure thank you uh again john for just talking about your love of this place uh, we love to hear how much people love the parkway uh so that's that's very much appreciated you're right um Spring is springing and things are greening up along the parkway and in the communities alongside the parkway. And it's a beautiful time of year. Not that there's a bad time of year on the parkway, um, but it is the time of year that we're gearing up for our seasonal operations. And um, we're in the process of finalizing seasonal hiring now and looking to begin opening a lot of our seasonal facility operations, such as uh, the picnic areas and campgrounds and visitor centers um, you'll you'll begin to see those facilities coming back online across April and into May. And then by Memorial Day weekend, we will be fully um, operational for the 2021 season on the parkway through the month of October. Gotcha. But if somebody was on the parkway right now, the overlooks are open. The uh, The scenery is always open. So So there's a lot to do. Um, but but there are things that require staffing, and that's seasonal staffing, right? Sure, and 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 you're right. The park Parkway Motor Route is um, open year round, weather permitting. 
and and so that is definitely the biggest feature of the parkway itself and a, and a resource that everybody can enjoy right across the year yep now we, we should point out that maintenance is a thing it has to be done on any road anywhere including a treasure like the blue ridge parkway and so we've got a big bridge repair that's going to be happening in the roanoke area right near explore park and this is I'm talking about the big, beautiful bridge that looks out if you're uh, on one side, you look out over the Roanoke River Gorge and to the left, you see the big power dam and that bridge is going to be closed and therefore the parkway is going to be closed for um, a, a few months this year. Can you can you bring us up to right. date on that? There is, as you reference, a project that's been on the books for several years now uh, to do some major rehabilitation and repair work to the Roanoke River Bridge that's at milepost 114 near Explore Park. And um, we are looking for contractors to, to begin closing that section um, on either side of the bridge in mid to late April. What's kind of unfortunate for Roanoke in the short term is that this closure will uh, come alongside an existing closure further south of Roanoke uh, related to a um, pretty major road failure that happened last spring at milepost 128. And um, and so across this year in particular, you'll see those both of those closures in place. And we are working to identify the detour route that will route around all of that, those both of those closure areas, but still allow the public to jump on the parkway at the 220 entrance there around milepost 121, I believe, and and jump up and travel north on the parkway for a few miles to get to to explore park. I think, you know, the good news with all of that is that. These projects will will see some um, some refreshing and needed repair work done on the parkway in in the Roanoke sections, and hopefully, after a few years of of this kind of road work, Roanoke will be well positioned to offer a really high quality visitor experience on the parkway for many many more years to come. If we can, you know, live through these short term closures. Right. So this milepost 128, that that section of the road has been closed for about a year now because there was a big washout after flooding. So literally half the road is gone. I've seen pictures of it. And that that is going to be a big repair. Budgets being what they are, do I understand it'll be next year before that will be fixed? 2020. Right. We that is correct. Um, we are looking at the planning and design for that project is underway now and we will look for the on the ground work there to happen during the 2022 season and that's not unlike significant road failures that happened in other locations on the Blue Ridge Parkway. I was talking to somebody yesterday uh, and we mentioned it earlier too that this is now a 75 plus year old resource in many places that lives on ridges and uh, along the mountainside of the Blue Ridge Mountains and so there's freezing and thawing and shifting of the mountain ranges and these sorts of slides are unfortunately not common on the parkway, but they definitely um, can cause a long-term impact when they do happen. And we've had up to two-year closures in other areas as well. Okay, great. So now if somebody is maybe listening to this podcast and and it's been a while since we recorded it and they want to check and see what they can and cannot do, is there an easy place to check on the road status? Sure. You can do any uh, a web search from any platform for Blue Ridge Parkway road closures, and that hopefully will land you right on the right page of the Blue Ridge Parkway website that has a, a chart that we're updating daily 
with the status of um, road openings or closings in, in every section along the parkway from milepost zero to 469. And it's, it's a little grid that has the milepost sections, which indicate gate locations in any given section of the parkway. And then there's also some local route reference, point of references to help orient uh, folks who may not know exactly what the milepost numbers are at any given location on the park. If you're looking at a map, then you could hopefully orient to what some of those state and local routes are that feed sure. onto and off of the parkway. Gotcha. So if the people just search Blue Ridge Parkway Road Closures, that'll be that'll be fine. Okay. Yeah. I wanted to ask uh, about the um, the Peaks of Otter. Is it just a great little area of the Blue Ridge Parkway? Uh, just north of Roanoke. When will that be open for the season, including the restaurants and the, the visitor center and the little store that's right beside the parkway, right. which is, I've stopped there so many times on my bicycle, but uh, when, when does all that open up? Yeah, so many generations of families have enjoyed Peaks of Otter, haven't they? It really is a special place along the Blue Ridge Parkway. That site is managed as one of our park concession operations. And so we work in partnership with a company that has a contract with the Park Service to provide the um, restaurant operation, as well as the lodging there and the store and the shuttle. And those sites, I think, are expected to come online for the season across the month of May. I'm looking... um, And this would be another ready resource that I would recommend to visitors um, who are listening to this podcast or are looking for information on the Blue Ridge Parkway. Our park website has another, because the parkway is this long linear 469 mile park, we have a lot of, a lot of information to try to share with visitors in a, in a concise and user-friendly way. So we've also organized all of our facility information, these concession operations, like we have others at various locations along the parkway. And so all of the Peaks of Otter opening information as well as links to get to the to the operator's website are available on our um, facility schedule page within the park website but it looks like the lodge itself and the restaurant um, will be open again in early may okay very good and the uh the little store does that open when everything else opens the store and the shuttle are um scheduled to come back online at the end of may in time for memorial day weekend Got it. So it's basically a summer stop. Okay. Right. Through through October. I think what's beautiful, especially for folks that are listening that live in the Roanoke area, it's my understanding that Mother's Day at Peaks of Otter is a tradition. And so that early May opening date for the restaurant certainly then would allow the opportunity to continue that tradition. Right. Of enjoying Mother's Day at the at the Peaks of Otter. I tell you, um, yeah, it's just so beautiful up there. And, and I, I like the, the spring and like the dogwood bloom, that sort of thing. I like that even better than the fall colors, which I know that's the, the busiest time, but I like the dogwoods and all of that. So, <laughs> but that would be uh, usually what, mid to late April for the dogwoods around here. And then... It, what's interesting about the parkway and all of the, the flora that we have the wide variety of species that uh, given the variety of species and the um, changes in elevation between the spring kind of greening up and the color, you know, rising up across the elevations and then the, the fall color that starts at the top elevations and works its way down those peak periods for experiencing the beauty of spring or the color of fall they last on the parkway for a really long time because you have so many changes in elevations that keep that show going for longer than a you know than just a fixed location 
Right, right, right. You know, I mentioned Mountain Laurel, and I get, I'm one of those people that gets rhododendron and Mountain Laurel confused. I know they're not the same thing, but that's another beautiful bloom on the parkway. Yeah. And yeah. The rhododendron that lines the parkway is just beautiful in some locations. And, and we see that kind of early to mid June, uh, those, those rhododendron plants putting on a big show for the visitors for sure. Now, Sometimes, I, and this is a question I um, I failed to ask you before about, but recreational use, like some of these road closures, like for weather, a lot of times people still go up and walk on the parkway, even though you can't drive on it. With these other road closures, will they be open to recreational use or, or not? Yeah, that's a great question. In the winter, um, when there's not road maintenance going on behind closed gates, visitors are welcome to recreate behind the gates, biking and walking and walking the dogs on the road itself. Uh, but when we have a, a major project underway in a location, the road is closed to all uses. So that would be the case in the in the closure around the Roanoke River Bridge project that'll be coming up in a few weeks. The closure area south of Roanoke, because of the locations of the gates and because of the kind of discrete location of the slide, um, there are many miles on either side of the actual slide itself, which is also fenced off at this point. So you can get behind the closed gates in the road failure area up to a point. But then when you see the fencing that's around the slide itself, that's when you need to turn around and that's go back. That's when you need to turn around and respect that closure, mm-hmm. for sure. Correct. Um, you know, there's a lot of hiking trails around the uh, parkway, but I think if people are coming from the outside, they may not realize that there is a policy with respect to mountain biking. Would you like to tell us about that? Sure. It is the policy on the Blue Ridge Parkway that bicycles, while they're allowed on the road, and we talked about that a little bit earlier, too, that um, that drivers and bicyclists share the road on the Blue Ridge Parkway, and we're grateful for that. Mountain bikes and biking is not um, allowed on any of the parkway trails. Yeah, it's just no no wheeled vehicles, period. Yeah. Right. Do you ever see that changing? Um I don't think so. Not that I'm aware of. I don't don't see it either. Okay. Well, you know, the hikers don't need to be worried about uh, somebody flying by on a bicycle. They're out there for their peace and serenity and, and and I understand that. Right. So, I, I do. I mean, what I would say about that is that um, certainly the road allows the opportunity for those shared uses, but sometimes, especially on small narrow trails, a hiking hiking group or hikers and horses and dogs and bicycles, um, it, it could create quite a quite a situation if if we were to open it to, to all use that way. Yeah, no, that's understood. Right. So when we talk about the hikes in Virginia along the parkway, are there several that you might want to point out that people would want to take advantage of? Well, I know that we're working with staff at um, within Roanoke County and Explore Park and others to help um, make some nice connections between parkway trails and the, the larger Roanoke trail system and greenway system. So that's wonderful. Um, I would I would offer that while we were just talking a minute ago about Peaks of Otter, that probably one of the most popular hiking locations um, on the Blue Ridge Parkway in Virginia is the Sharp Top Trail on the campus of the Peaks of Otter and um, the views when you get to the top of that um, trail are just magnificent and worth every rise in elevation that it takes to get there, but it's it's a really special experience. It is. It's a difficult hike, in my opinion. And you know, I've done a lot of hiking in the Well in and that's you know, that's another thing about the beauty of the parkway, I think, is that 
And, and it was designed intentionally to, to be that, um, this kind of drive a while, stop a while um, experience. And the trail experiences up and down the parkway really are suited for all manner of uh, abilities. There are plenty of short little leg stretcher trails if you are primarily on a drive but want to get out and, and do a short trail, easy, moderate trail. And there are definitely plenty of strenuous trails as well. In fact, the only ADA compliant trail on the Blue Ridge Parkway is around Abbott Lake at Peaks of Otter as well. So you can have one extreme or the other uh, at that location as far as hiking. I noticed, speaking of trails, that you see through hikers on the Appalachian Trail occasionally walking on or near the parkway. The AT sort of meanders back and forth across the parkway many times in the area, doesn't it? Yeah, I I believe there are about 20 instances where you are on the AT and on the parkway uh, as you go from the north, most northern point at milepost zero, again, down to just north of Roanoke. There are, there are multiple places where the AT crosses the parkway. All right. Well, we talked about the spring season. Let's talk about the fall because everybody wants to see the leaves. And I know it's a bit of a moving target depending upon the weather. But what would you say is the peak fall season in Virginia? It's it's hard to pinpoint. I know that people want to plan trips and know that they're going to pick just the right weekend to uh, see the perfect fall color. And uh, in any given year, obviously, that can change depending on the weather during the summer and, and how that transition from summer to fall happens. All of those things influence how vibrant or not the fall color season will be. Again, I would offer that because the parkway is provides kind of this long linear experience and you can be at low elevations one minute and 30 minutes later, you can be at very high elevations. We have a wide variety of tree species. You're going to see beautiful fall color really just about all the month of October and into November. It seems like the last few years starting at the highest elevations first and then across the fall season, the lower elevations will experience peak a little a little bit later. So North Carolina peaks a little bit before Virginia because of the elevation. Is that a fair assessment? Yes, Nashville but there are area? plenty of high elevation areas in the on, along the Virginia section of the parkway too. Oh, that's true. There are some high elevation areas on, on the Virginia side that put on a pretty show earlier in the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I tend to forget that because Roanoke's not at the highest point on the parkway. Right. It gets uh, it gets up there pretty quick. Um, so now we talked about uh, the Peaks of Otter, but there is actually a more popular spot on the Blue Ridge Parkway in Virginia, is there not? Well, we hear that um, a spot on the Blue Ridge Parkway called Mabry Mill is one of the most photographed locations uh, in the entire world. I don't know that I have hard data to back that up, but it is certainly picturesque and uh, a beautiful photo op. I would offer that even I have seen it used in um, school photo backdrops for class for class pictures as well. So it is a widely used um, image that that makes its way into lots of different uh, arenas. And it, it is a, it's a wonderful site. It also part of the way to experience Mabry Mill is to walk around the grounds of the mill itself and some of the um, associated buildings, a blacksmith shop, etc. And, and you can just enjoy the grounds there. But we also have another concession operator that runs a restaurant there, which has been popular for generations as well. And folks love to go and have pancakes uh, at the at Mabry Mill restaurant and then go for a walk around the site. 
and there's beautiful rhododendron there as well in the in the spring and in early summer so it is uh, definitely one of the more popular spots on the blue ridge parkway oh it is so so pretty and uh, it's been years since i went and had the pancakes but i, I still <laughs> still remember it what what is the mile post do you have that handy for maybe mill if somebody's listening Mabry Mills located at milepost 176 on the Blue Ridge Parkway. How you know, we, we talk about mileposts on the parkway, you know, it, a lot of times when I travel, I think, well, what city am I, am I near? But when you're on the parkway, you're just sort of up there and the, the normal landmarks disappear. So you use this milepost system. How does that work? Right. Um, the, the parkway was designated and designed specifically to connect Shenandoah National Park to the north to Great Smoky Mountains National Park at its southern and, and so the from the earliest landscape architects and designers that were involved in siting and routing the parkway, this system of milepost was implemented um, to indicate where you are at any given location along the route. And so, so many things are um, referenced around the park mileposts. They start... We start at milepost zero, which is our northern entrance closest to Shenandoah National Park. And then along the park, if you're traveling from north to south, you'll you'll even see these little concrete markers um, at each mile on the right-hand side, traveling from north to south, that will indicate where you are along the, the 469-mile route. So in the Roanoke area, in the 100, 115-20s kind of milepost, and then in Asheville, where I am, our park headquarters is at milepost 384, but it's that same route with no no traffic lights and no and you can and you're right you can kind of lose your sense of where you are in relation to other communities, especially if you travel a long distance. But it's the same kind of numbering system from zero to 469 that we use to reference all of the facilities and locations and information as well. See, I and and you can see those little cement posts on the side of the road. They're they're extremely helpful, but they're also not big and ugly to block the view and that sort of thing. So right. um, that's uh, that's nice. And I can remember training for marathons back in the 90s, and we would use the mileposts to figure out how far we wanted to run. So if you want to run 10 miles, you just go out five mileposts and then turn around and come back. I say just, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I would would also suggest, well, and I know that it's easy, um, especially if you're less familiar with the park, to not be certain if you're traveling north or south on the parkway. And so those mile markers are a great indication of that. Always, if the mile marker is on your right, you know that you're traveling south. And if the mile marker is on your left, you're traveling north. Yeah, I never thought of that. Because because yeah. to me, when you leave Roanoke, you're always going up. And up just feels like north. <laughs> so I always have maybe, to... Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I always have to stop Romeyes and say, no, wait a minute. That's, you know, that's south. So uh, anyway, yeah, that, that's it's, cool. Yeah. So uh, now a lot of people like to, when they're traveling, they're looking for souvenirs and, and that sort of thing. Is there a, a good place that people can look for souvenirs on the parkway? Um, sure. Most of the, our park visitor centers um, include a bookstore operation that's managed by one of our partners, America's National Parks. They are a great partner to many national parks across the country. And so there's always quality quality product that they are developing and thinking about that help kind of extend people's love and interest in the Blue Ridge Parkway. And, and that, that inventory is typically available at park visitor centers. I know specifically in the Roanoke area you, at Explore Park, there are also um, 
bookstore operations and gift shop operations within the visitor center at Explore Park. And many of our tourism partners up and down the parkway in Roanoke is no different at the in the local visitor centers. There may be retail operations there too that help people do wayfinding along the parkway as well as provide potentially some souvenir opportunities. Is there is there a, a popular souvenir that that you're aware of? Is it stickers? Is it books? Is it coffee mugs? Well, one of specifically to um, our America's National Park partners. Um, I don't know if you're familiar. They they have a, a passport program that you can get stamps at any national park you visit around the country, and so there's a passport to your national parks. But on the Blue Ridge Parkway, if you have that passport, or if you don't, you can buy one, obviously. But you can get stamps at, in, at so many of the locations up and down the parkway. It, James River or or the Blue Ridge Music Center or any number of places um, where those operations are open. And that's a fun, a fun keepsake, certainly. Yeah, that's the, neat. Is that a thing that people do people have like a bucket list where they want to travel and visit every national park? Oh, sure. Yeah. I know that we've seen visitors across any given year at the Blue Ridge Parkway who come with their binders of passport stamps and stickers and uh, they are, they are committed to having full experiences in every national park site they can possibly have. So uh, that's, you know, we started talking about that early on, how, how much people love these places and, and it really is inspiring to see. And, you know, uh, and you've mentioned the great Smoky Mountains National Park and the Blue Ridge Parkway, but both of those, if I'm not mistaken, are in the top five most visited in the United States for national parks. That's correct. Um, we have really high visitation along the Blue Ridge Parkway. In 2020, uh, the estimated visitation on the Blue Ridge Parkway was just over 14 million, which actually was a little decline in what it was in 2019. But given some closures associated with the pandemic uh, and then some popularity in other locations because of the pandemic, it really, for all intents and purposes, was kind of a flat year for the parkway. And, uh, and it's my understanding that the Great Smoky Mountains National Park had a had a robust year as well. We're, we're really lucky, aren't we, to have such beautiful and popular places right here in our own backyard. It's just amazing. You know, when you think of Yellowstone and Yosemite and some of the, the places out west and Zion, you would assume that, you know, those are the big attractions. But here we are in the east and, and we've got some jewels right here. Yeah, we, re we really we really do. I mean, again, so many things point back to this long linear nature of the Blue Ridge Parkway, the 469 miles, providing uh, opportunities for many, many people to access the park for one. And then I think the parkway also offers so many different kinds of experience, if it's biking, if it's hiking, if it's a music concert, um, or it's a pancake at Mabry Mill. There's there's so many different, very accessible ways to uh, experience this park. And so certainly that's part of its right. popularity as well. What is the camping scene like along the parkway? We have um, eight campgrounds that we manage along the along the Blue Ridge Parkway. And we have seen those occupancy rates uh, in recent years on a really steady, steady increase. And I know I was listening to a news story earlier this morning that talked about the increase in outdoor recreation items over the pandemic, the tents and the campers. And, um, and certainly we are anticipating seeing more popularity of these sites in the coming years, too, as people have made those investments. Yes. Uh, RV sales went through the roof last year. Um, anything outdoors. So people were trying to find a way to safely get out of their homes. And exactly. So 
Yeah. So how do people rent a campsite? Is that uh, part of your um, website or how does that work? Yeah, you can certainly find information about all of the Parkway campgrounds on the park website. And then the reservation system for park campgrounds is managed um, through a system called recreation.gov. So you could go directly to that site as well to zoom in on specific spots at a given campground on the parkway. All right. We'll put a link to that in the show notes for people who are listening. Um, so the last thing I want to ask you is, what do you think is the is the biggest attraction on the parkway? Is it the cultural events? Is it the scenery, the flowers, the leaves? Uh, it, when you think of the Blue Ridge Parkway as a national park, what is the big, big deal about it? Oh, it's so many. It's so many things. It's all of those things. And I think that's probably why it is so popular, the rich cultural experiences and the chance to kind of step back in time. It's outdoor adventures on all levels. Uh, it's that scenic drive and those breathtaking views. And and for every person, it's it's different about what's going to compel you to, to love this place and take care of this place and uh, recognize that it is a special place. And so it's it really is an honor to to be able to be involved in working in a park that that offers so much to so many um, so many national park sites or or a discrete geography or a discrete natural feature or a discrete kind of story uh, out of our American history book. But we have something for everybody on the Blue Ridge Parkway. Yep, really do. Well, Lisa Brandon, thank you so much for joining us here on the VBR podcast today. Thank you, John. It's been fun. I asked Lisa if she knew how long the bridge might be closed near Explore Park, and that information just simply isn't available yet. They don't know. Uh, but it is, as I said earlier, months at a minimum. And I'll get back to you on that information as soon as I hear more from the Park Service. And, and I feel quite certain that information will also be available when uh, visitvbr.com updates the website as well. So a couple of other notes. If you're planning a trip to Virginia's Blue Ridge, I talked a little bit about that Metro Mountain Mix. Think of it as a, an outdoor playground where we have hiking, bicycling, fishing, kayaking, uh, all in the midst of this small city atmosphere. The Roanoke River comes right through downtown Roanoke. It was just named in the top three in the United States for urban kayaking rivers. And this is not like a big whitewater river. It's the kind of river that you can enjoy at your leisure. Maybe bring a fishing pole, maybe bring a picnic lunch. Uh, but if you've got a sit-on-top kayak like most people have, uh, you will certainly find that this is a, a great place for you to get out and enjoy and just enjoy the Metro Mountain mix that we have here in the Roanoke Valley. Now, uh, the river does come right through the region, and there are many places to access it. More information at visitvbr.com. But right beside the river is what I started to say before is the Roanoke River Greenway, which is fantastic for running running, biking, dog walking. It's flat. It's pretty. goes through a number of parks, playgrounds, picnic shelters, all that sort of thing. And that's all right here uh, on the Greenway that I use probably once or twice a week. And I can just tell you that it's very popular. It's very well maintained and, and, and you will enjoy it. We have museums like the Old Winston Link Museum, the Transportation Museum of Virginia, which is awesome for railroad buffs. The Tobman Museum of Art always has the, the latest cutting edge 
stuff going on as they rotate the displays in and out several times a year as well as uh, their permanent collection. And you can play pinball all day for a small fee at the Pinball Museum at Center in the Square. A couple of floors above that is the Science Museum of Western Virginia. And Center in the Square is also home to Kid Square, which is a nice little place to take the kiddos and then the atrium for free. You can go visit a display of fantastic aquariums featuring an 8,000-gallon living reef uh, full of fish that your kids may know as Nemo and Dory. There's also a display of turtles. There are jellyfish aquariums. You name it, and it's all right there. And you can walk right into the lobby of Center in the Square and check it all out. And then on the roof of Center in the Square, there is a living koi pond right there on the roof. Uh, And that's a green roof, by the way. So you can go up and take in all the plants and see the views. And it is free to go up to the roof as well at Center in the Square. Virginia's Blue Ridge also features numerous brew pubs. There's fantastic shopping, boutiques in downtown Roanoke on the Roanoke Market, restaurants. It's all it's all there for you. And I want to mention that we host a ton of sports tournaments in this region. We have a lot of hotels that are sort of geared towards that family experience where the expense isn't too high, but you know you're staying in a quality hotel. And people come here to play in their tournaments, softball, volleyball, soccer, uh, as well as basketball. So you name it, fields and gyms galore. And VBR hosts all kinds of tournaments with people traveling here from all over the U.S. And then I should mention that just off the Blue Ridge Parkway, one of the things that you heard Lisa talking about today is Explore Park. And one of the main attractions at Explore Park is something called Treetop Quest. There's zip lines. There's sort of um, elevated obstacle courses that are not too awful scary, uh, and there's a there's a there's a level for every person from beginner to advanced on that. So don't be intimidated by it. It's just a great place to take the kids, take the family, and and then figure it all out. And starting just a couple of years ago, Explore Park opened cabins, yurts, and there is a growing network of mountain bike trails, and there is a skills park underway. So depending upon when you go. That is something that you definitely are going to want to check out at Explore Park. And if you're looking for the ultimate guide of everything going on here in Virginia's Blue Ridge, then just check out visitvbr.com. We've got blogs, we've got maps for cycling, hikes to waterfalls, restaurants, directions to the Cheers Trail, which guides you through our local brew pubs, wineries, and distilleries. And there's a nice prize if you check in at a few of them. So just download the Cheers Trail app from the VBR website, and you also can show that uh, to your host or hostess when you check in, and you should be able to get a discount at every place on the trail. And also, there is a complete list of places to stay in our region at visitvbr.com, whether it's the Grand Old Lady, the Hotel Roanoke, or maybe some of the small quaint options like the Claiborne House, B&B, and Rocky Mount, and both the Hotel Roanoke and Claiborne House have been guests here on the Visit VBR podcast, so that's why I give them a shout out as of today. If you come here we have a campaign called Be a Trail Setter. So take a picture for your social media, no matter what it is you're doing or enjoying here, and then put the hashtag trail setter, hashtag trail setter, all one word. Thanks again to Lisa Brandon for joining me here on the Visit VBR podcast. We'll have another podcast coming out soon, and I hope to see you here in Virginia's 
Blue Ridge.